everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Selling Out with Dino Pataccio and Michael Casper. My name is Michael Casper. And I'm Dino Pataccio. And we're back for week three. Yeah. Number three. We did it. We are one step closer to actually committing to doing this long term. I mean, you said yourself, 2018 is the year of committing to the bit. Right. So, So we, you know, because like we, we said that we've said this in every single episode. Every Two White Guys has a podcast. But Every Two White Guys does the first episode. Let's do the second episode, and now we're on to episode three. So we're just, like, knocking everybody out. We're knocking everyone else out who wants to do this. It feels like we're actually going to stick with it. I really hope we do, and we're saying it on the recording. So yeah, hold that, us accountable. So that, right, we're holding ourselves accountable so that, like, our friends and family can pull up the receipts if we quit. <laughs> <laughs> Love to pull receipts. Oh, my God. So, how was your week, man? <sighs> it was fine. I'm a little tired, but I'm okay. Aren't we all a little tired? I yeah. feel like that always happens more in the summer. Yeah, I'm just sleepy a Heat lot. Heat makes you sleepy. Yeah. Um, but no, my week was good. Nice. I, I started a new job this week, working nice. at World Cafe Live. Oh, nice. So I'm nice, nice. About what you doing over there? Uh, I'm in ticketing, so oh. I'm working the box office. Great. Yeah, nice. it's, it's cool. Um, yeah, cool place, because you're over... Um, you're near like 30th Street Station over in that area? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's at 30th and Walnut. Got it. So you're over the river. Yeah, and it's a cool venue and it's a pretty cool job. Everybody there seems nice. So I'm excited. And it's a job in music. So Yeah, I mean, that's always a plus because I know you've had like a million restaurant jobs. Uh-huh. It's like waiters and servers <laughs> and food runners. So now it's like, okay, you had the band and now... A music job. Now you have a music job. Now you're, you know doing that so it's it's moving up in the world man yeah it's fun and i've been um you know aside from that i've just been working on some demos at home yeah yeah yeah. Um, oh it's funny i actually didn't tell you this but um so last night you were like working on stuff downstairs so like i was uh up in my room and um like doing stuff and then you had come home i assume from work or wherever Uh, you were or from right okay you were out you know uh you were out and then while I was upstairs, you came back home, and then you were doing stuff, and you went downstairs. I came down here, was doing stuff. I thought I was home alone the whole time. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, I just hear, hello? And I'm like, holy shit, where is that Dino? <laughs> and then uh, I thought, what I thought was, I thought that you were standing on the other side of the door, and you were, like, forgotten your keys. But instead of knocking, you were just started talking to me. Turns out you were on the phone. Yeah, and you yeah, were, yeah, I got a call last night at you like got a 11.30. Call, right, it was like 11.30 at night, and you got a call from somebody. <laughs> and I'm like, hello? Dude, what's up? And they were like, yeah, I'm just, like, at home, and I'm working on some demos. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking, oh, my God, I'm such an idiot. And he was here the whole time, and he just didn't do anything. And I'm, like, you know, around the kitchen, and I'm, Did like... Did you do anything embarrassing? No, thank God. But, like, that would... I that, wish you had. That that, I know, that would have made the... A better episode of the podcast. Yeah, but it turns I, out you were just here, just yeah. being boring. Yeah, I mean, I watched Indiana <laughs> Jones last night. Ooh, which one? First one? Yeah, the first one because I hadn't. Isn't seen it great? It's great, and I hadn't seen it since I was like seven. So I saw it like once. I saw all of them like very close together, and I'm like, at the time, I was like, oh, this is weird. I don't like it. I I had a similar feeling when I was younger, yeah. but also I got into Indiana Jones when Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out. Like I saw that that was coming out. And so I was you like, like you know what? I'm this gonna is a commit. Franchise. I'm gonna commit. Yeah, so I'm gonna watch them all. Right. I I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 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 great. Um, and Harrison Ford is fantastic. Yeah. And Steven Spielberg. You what know a, what what <laughs> what, um, a, what a yeah. team. So I saw last night. I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. This is great. It was the first time I had seen it in like. It's a fun know, movie. Yeah, and I had seen it in like over, over ten years. And I'm glad that it's a movie that ages well because yeah, we yeah. just recently 
um, we dealt with the loss of the Goonies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we watched the the I mean, Goonies yeah, and actually, my childhood. Well, I mean, you die had, right you before. Did, well, no, you didn't watch it. I. I no, I didn't. But yeah, I watched it. It was the last movie I watched in our old apartment before we moved here, where we record the podcast. And because you know, I it had inspired thing. It had inspired Stranger Things, which I love. And I knew that it was like this classic movie that like is really important and inspired a lot of people. And everybody talks about how much they love it. And I saw it. and I'm like, oh, I don't really like this. This doesn't hold up, um, which was like kind of sad because you go and I went in with high hopes. You wanted to like right, it, right? Of course, like, <laughs> it's such a nice like aesthetic, and it's such got, it got such heart. It that, does that like it you just I wanted it to be so much better than a bunch of and one baby Sean Astin, baby Sean Astin, baby Josh Brolin, right? And baby and, Thanos, right? I wanted it to be so much more than just a bunch of one dimensional children screaming for yeah. an hour and a half. But anyway, I'm opinionated. Um, it's good, but anyway, Indiana Jones, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so we actually did a photo shoot here a couple oh, that's of days right. ago. Yeah, that was another thing that we both took did. part in this week. Well, Our friend we, Allison came over and yeah, took some shots. Allison Mudd, who's directing my uh, play that's going to be in the Philly Fringe Festival this fall, came, who's also a photographer, came over and took some promotional photos for the podcast, also known as... We set up a fake setup <laughs> at our kitchen table of us recording the podcast, and then she took a bunch of photos of us pretending to talk to each other. Yeah, and it was really funny because I was like, we don't need a lot of shit out. And no. you were like, should we put the interface out? I was like, no, why should we put the interface out? <laughs> no, we don't need to actually record. Actually record. So, um, <laughs> But no, we, we actually just like... Hid all the wires behind, behind the, the camera, so it looks like everything. It so looks it looks like, like everything's plugged in, but nothing is right. And then there's somewhere we're standing with each other. We don't. I mean, it's it's Sunday right now. This episode will be up on Tuesday, um, so we don't know when the the pictures will be up, but they'll be you'll be seeing them at some point. Uh, yeah, keep a lookout on the Facebook page. Also, we we started a Twitter this week. Oh yeah, that's another that. thing. Yeah, we started a Twitter what selling we have, out like, podcasts. We have, like, we have like three tweets, right? We do. We have three tweets, Great. and it's. Our first tweet, and then just sharing the two episodes. Right, and right. That's so, it. well, by the time this goes <laughs> up, we'll probably have five tweets then, because if you, we'll have a tweet being like, you know, new episode out tomorrow, and then we'll have an ep- a tweet that's like, new episode out right, right now. Right now, yeah. So, if I can predict the future, we also for a dealt second. with some bullshit this week as oh, far yeah. as SoundCloud goes. SoundCloud, I love you, but you're bringing me down. Man. SoundCloud, I don't love you, and you're really bringing me down. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're only allowed to upload three hours at a time. Otherwise, you have to pay $17 a month. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. It, Our special a- guest just made a face. We're going to introduce her in a few minutes, but she agrees with us. It was, I'm so upset. Yeah. That's so we not- had to take all of our podcasts down. We had to reroute our RSS feed. I had to start using a new um, service. An, that's a new free. service, which is free, and it's called Anchor, and it's fantastic. Shout out to Anchor okay. for being super cool. Yeah, I hope you don't upset us at any point. I know. Um, don't make don't make him regret saying that. But no, I think I th- I think Anchor seems to be one of the good. It, ones. it looks like it's no bullshit. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited. I'm excited, and you know, Anchor's up, and we're back up on Apple. Um. I don't know how to get the podcast on to Spotify, but I'm really we're trying, looking we're, we to. Really if anybody to. listening to this knows how to get a podcast on the Spotify, send us can a you DM. please email us or, or send DM us or something? Yeah, find us on social media. Uh, email us at uh, sellingoutpodcast at gmail.com. I did some research, and it seems to be just incredibly complicated. Why Spotify? Why? <sighs> I so, don't know. Anyway, long story short, we had some technical difficulties 
the sound uh, podcast is no longer going to be available on SoundCloud, but it will always be available on uh, Apple Podcast and everywhere else except Spotify. Yeah, it's SoundCloud. Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and we're also on Overcast. Okay. Uh, which I have never heard of. I have also <laughs> never heard of. But if you know what Overcast is... And you feel like listening to us on there. there then, like, go for it, man. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, so that that was our, our technical problems that we had over here. Um, but no, the photo shoot went well. I'm excited to share those with people. Yeah. Hopefully we don't look like shit. Hopefully. I, I mean, I mean, yeah, because like I mean, you went for a wintry aesthetic. I did go for a you wintry wanted to wear, aesthetic. You wanted to wear... I want to wear my nice clothes. And dark, I don't, you don't, I, I feel like you I, love dark colors. I you love a, you don't love colors. You hate colors. I do hate colors. It's just everything is black and white and gray. And yeah, like today I'm wearing white and blue, and this is a stretch. This is a stretch. Yeah, Le- yeah. So I yeah. meanwhile I'm wearing like salmon pants. You are wearing salmon pants. Yeah, I love these pants. Yeah, I I, I think they work. I couldn't wear them. Yeah, but I think they work. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, you went wintry, so there you go. Yeah, I did. I went wintry for the photo shoot. Yeah, and we took like a million photos, and um, yeah, they were. I don't know if they're available now or if they're we because again we'll see. we predict it we do we do a little bit of predicting the future here on selling out but <laughs> we are not accurate. What if we predicted in the past? Should I don't know. Uh, maybe this sh- is this a new segment where we just where predict- we predict things? All right, Dino. What's going to happen on Friday? Go. Friday is going to be it's still going to be July. Okay, it's going to be hot. All it's right. gonna Do you think it's going to rain? Is it gonna I think rain? it's going to thunderstorm. Ooh, ooh, solid choice. Yeah. And I did not look at the forecast and it the forecast definitely doesn't say that we're due for thunderstorms all okay. week. So There you go. I okay. think we're getting thunderstorms. We're getting thunderstorms. <laughs> Do you want to make any 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 bolder predictions? It's going to be sad. You think okay, Friday, July, whatever, whatever this Friday is. Well, today's Sunday the 22nd, so Friday would be the 27th. Okay, Friday, July 27th is going to be a right? sad day with thunderstorms. I mean, I predict that every day is going to be a sad day, <laughs> so that if it isn't, it's I'm a pleasant pleasantly surprise. surprised. So <laughs> if on Friday, wherever you're listening, if you're sad and it's thunderstorming, then... Just know that I called it. Know that he called it, and maybe if you if you DM us, maybe we can... Um, we can do something. We'll give you a shout out. I would say we will throw. You, <laughs> we'll give you some merch. I would say something like you know something super trendy. Like we'll st- we'll send you some free merch. But we don't have any merch because yeah. you can't make any money off of doing a podcast, and no one wants a podcast T-shirt. <laughs> Could you imagine a T-shirt with our fucking logo on it? Yeah, um, <laughs> it'd be amazing. It'd be a pink T-shirt. It would be a pink T-shirt. Could you imagine a T-shirt with our faces on it? That'd be weird. Yeah, I can't wait to get to the point where I can have a T-shirt with my face on. I don't know why I'm going to have a T-shirt with my face on it, but it's going to happen. I mean, we can get you a T-shirt with your face on but it like, right now if you I want. I mean, we can go upstairs and we can get a pink T-shirt with my face on it. Yeah. Oh. You. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. We do have T-shirts with our faces on. We don't need to talk Thanks, about. Wh- we don't need to talk about why we have those, but they exist. <laughs> um. <sighs> All right, well, do we want to get over to the interview? Yeah. You feeling ready? I'm ready. All right, cool. Are you ready, Dean? I I am ready. All right, so... Friday's going to be sad. Yeah, all right, episode... That's my sign out on this opening segment. Episode (laughs) three interview is about to begin. So we've got Genevieve Farb here Yeah, that's right. We're talking with our second playwright in three episodes. So we are are good to go. Uh, So Genevieve wrote this really awesome play. She did. It's called... our Ladies of Perpetual Suffering, which I love, by and the way. It's also, hi, Genevieve. Hi. 
Hi. Hello, everyone. <laughs> All right. So go ahead. Give us give us your uh, give us your. Intro. Okay. All right. So uh, Genevieve is a colleague and classmate and friend uh, of ours, and she's a writer. And she wrote this play about uh, Catholic school and Kate Bush and coming of age and priests and all this other sort of stuff. Do you want to kind of give the folks at home a brief synopsis of what your play is about? Good God. Uh, do it. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, that was that was pretty good. Okay. I feel like it's a queer friendship story. It is. About I will confirm. the lack of achievable female role models. Mm. All right. For That's people so that heavy. grew up in the 90s. Not a love the nineties. That's heavy. That's, that's <laughs> heavy. That's what I got. That's heavy. So I say I said Kate Bush because Kate Bush, the singer, plays a very special <laughs> role in this play. Oh Can yes, you, she does. Yeah. Why don't you go into that for a little bit? Uh, I guess. Well, okay. So I first discovered it, this just truly a gem. It's a gem. It's a piece of art. Um, I don't care what anyone says. I think it's incredible. It's this music video that she made when she was 17, actually. Well, it was released in Britain and in the U.S. Um, and she made this music video called Wuthering Heights. And it, it's about the book, mm -hmm. kind of. But I'm pretty sure she based it more off the movie <laughs> than she <laughs> did the book. She says that in an interview. I think it's really funny. Um, Rock and rollers don't like to read. No, no. <laughs> she, she was like, they were like, well, did you read the book? And she was like, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just, I discovered it. Uh, someone showed it to me and it became very important to me very quickly. Uh, I really admire her endurance. <laughs> it's, it's kind of wild. It's just her dancing in a field. She's in this field it's in the grassy moors of england yeah she she's says. got this red dress on she's got, yeah she's got this like really fabulous red dress it's like flowy she's wearing red lipstick she's got killer bangs she and does have just, killer bangs yeah it's just her dancing to this song yeah if, if you haven't heard and this, lip syncing yeah gloriously if yeah. you haven't seen this do yourself a favor go on youtube it's available there just look up kate bush Wuthering Heights. We can throw a link in the description. We'll, sure, we'll throw a link in the description. Like, please, just like your life will be made better by watching this video. And if you're if you're really interested in uh, some extra credit homework, there are two music videos. There's an American release video and a British release video, and, and they're both different. Of them, yeah, they're uh, they're similar. How are they different? Okay, so like the <laughs> so the American release one's the one in the field mm -hmm. with the red dress. In the British release one, she's wearing this like flowy white dress and Ooh. it's like she's in this like oh it's so funny it's like you know on stranger things yeah. how when they go into that other place it's like this black like reflective chamber it's yeah, basically yeah. her dancing in that <laughs> alone and she like oh sometimes there's more than one of her and she does like cartwheels with herself well it's my great. favorite it's incredible my favorite part of the video is the 
the tail end, the outro of the video, oh, where so she's good. doing that tree movement and she's just fading in and out. Yeah, <laughs> I learned the whole dance. When you I, did? Yeah, when I, of course, I had to. Can you I do mean, it before you leave? Of course I can. Thank uh, God. I would, That's I would such a great content for our audio podcast. <laughs> 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 I'm yeah. not talking about the podcast. I'm talking <laughs> off the air, hanging out with a friend. If any watching. of you know me and are listening to this, just you can like look up the music video and just like picture me doing it like much worse than she's <laughs> doing it. Oh, I'm no, I'm sure it's just as good. Just as much heart. There you A go. A lot less <laughs> skill. And like really, but like that's what you need to do that. If yeah. you don't, if you like, you can be the greatest dancer in the world. And if you don't have the heart that she has, you can't do that. It's true. It's very true. Now, I actually did some research into Kate Bush. For this interview, ooh, so I'd love to hear that. Kate Bush, d- I don't. I'm sure you know this already, but Kate Bush was 19 when Wuthering Heights came out, yeah. and she was the first woman to have a self-written number one single in the UK. Yeah, she was like in 1978. It's really, really <laughs> cool. She, d- I don't think. I mean. All the interviews that I've watched her, there's like a really cool documentary on YouTube. If, oh, yeah? Yeah, if any of you want to fall down the wormhole, it's a good one. <laughs> the Kate Bush um, wormhole? The Kate Bush wormhole. I've done it. But basically, um, what was I saying? Well, we were talking about uh, Oh, her yeah, yeah. She basically was writing music her whole life. She was playing piano and writing all these songs, and she like showed her songs to a lot of like higher up people and they were like Kate this is so good but it wasn't until Wuthering Heights that she blew up like she became famous pretty instantly um yeah and I think that's actually a lot of what my play is about honestly is about Mm -hmm. like uh what people's lives look like to other people versus and what they what you feel like they should be versus what they actually are right because in the play the characters have only seen the one music video, right? Yeah. And like that's their only source if I get correct me if I'm wrong, but like that's their only source of information about her. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about it, so the play is set in the late 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. like I, it doesn't give a specific time range, Right, I but think you I'd, said like pre-internet but post this music video. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um that's yeah, that's exactly where I want it to fall in time and it I mean, there was like MTV, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, no, no internet. So like, they had no means of getting getting access. Like, it would take a lot of effort for them to get access. They definitely could, but I think a lot of people aren't willing to do that. To give access to a female artist? Or no, 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 no. To uh, just put forth the effort. Like, okay, if I was living then, I don't know. I don't know what it was really like. I mean, obviously, I was born in 97. Like, I don't know. Same. But I do know that the resources were limited. There was the library. There was word of mouth. There was was limited TV. You know what I mean? There was that really great scene in the show, or in the the play, where... Kate Bush is telling her to check out a book from the library on orgasms. And she's like, I don't want to do that because I don't, the, the card catalog system, like my name is going to be on it. And it's going to be written in pen. Right. You can't write it in pencil. You got to write it in pen. Like, yeah. It's a great. And Kate Bush is just like, take a risk. (laughs) Yeah. Do it for me, babe. (laughs) Or do it for me. She has that like super high soprano voice. So I like the fact that, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's cool that you wrote something that takes place in a time that you didn't live in, but also were able to sort of stay true to it because 
you know, it would be so easy to write a play that takes place now and just be like, Google orgasms. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting. I actually, the first couple of drafts in the, in the play of the play were in now. Like, they weren't yeah. in the past. Um, and I had a read-through of it in my house, just like a small, I just needed to hear it, uh, see what it sounded like. And my roommate's mom was in town, and I was like, oh, God, like, this could be really embarrassing. Like, uh, this is a play that's, like, a little bit sexually <laughs> explicit. Like, I don't know what she's going to be into. And she listened the whole time. And at the end, she, like, sat me down and was like, I went to Catholic school in, like, the 60s, and it was rough. And it, she just, like, kind of opened my eyes to, like, what it must have been like she she talked about like being in college and like hearing that song for the first time and feeling like so sexually liberated and like really and yeah and it was just like really interesting to hear and she was like you know have you ever thought it's crazy she's she doesn't do anything with theater but she was like you should put it in the time when that song was popular because that song was a big deal and um, it was a symbol of like freedom and like woman power. Yeah. Huh. Do you, that's so fat. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, do you have any theories as to like why this song kind of resonated in such a way? Um. Yeah, I have a couple. I mean, I think it was based on something which a lot of people had read. Mm -hmm. You know, like people love references. I think her voice is really wild, and mm -hmm. it people didn't know what to do with it. They were like, what is this strange thing? And I also think that she was coming in a time where like Bowie was popular mm -hmm. and Bowie was very like eccentric and like had his own look. And he also really um, played a lot with gender roles and played a lot with like what men are and are not allowed to do and how he disagreed with that. And I think that Kate Bush in a lot of ways did that accidentally mm -hmm. in her music. Like she, I don't think she was thinking like, wow, I'm going to make this huge statement about being a woman artist. I just think she was a woman artist mm -hmm. and yeah. people were like, oh my God, like that's guts. And, and she people was, just responded yeah, to her. She yeah. was just really unafraid to be herself, however weird that might be. And I think people respected that and like were impressed by it. Do you know if Kate Bush and Bowie had any kind of relationship at all? Do you know if they knew each other? You know, I don't. Buds? I have no. no idea, yeah. It would be interesting to know. It would yeah, be interesting like if they would, but I feel like maybe not. I feel like Bowie's world, so this is like kind of going a little bit off topic, but Kate Bush basically was super Catholic and huh. was from like a really tiny town. She grew up with like a bunch of brothers. Like she was very family oriented and like really wasn't into, like, all the glitz and glamour of uh -huh. this kind of lifestyle, from my knowing. And Bowie was... Like, the polar opposite. Yeah, the yeah. polar opposite. So, I mean, like, I think that, oddly enough, their art is very similar, but I feel like they're in very different worlds like, yeah, as like people. A similar... A like... Illusion, like in the, a yeah. Illusion in the same... They ended up kind of in similar as is similar enough places, but they just kind of came at it from two totally very different perspectives, different places, yeah. which, you know, it's always interesting when stuff like that happens. You know, I had no idea at all that Kate Bush was such a revolutionary icon type. Yeah. I had never listened to anything of hers until I, until 
I did the research for this interview. I mean, and then I actually found out that she sings the she sings "Don't Give Up" with Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize I didn't put two and two together, but no. I've known that song forever. I love that song. Yeah, most people. It's really funny because whenever I show this play to older people, they're like, "You're treating the audience like they're idiots." Everyone knows who Kate Bush is, and I'm <laughs> like. I don't think that's true. It's I think not. that most people have no idea who like she I is. I had maybe, before being introduced to this play, when you started writing it, you know, a number of months ago, like, I had maybe heard the name. You know, I, it was someone yeah. I had made, made, maybe vaguely had heard of one time in passing. Like, it wasn't a totally foreign name, but, like... And you had heard Don't Give Up, right? You Because I know you've listened to some Peter Gabriel Maybe, stuff. like, maybe. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I... Like, I w- maybe again maybe yeah. once in passing or something but like you know um yeah it's really funny usually when i s- ask people like if they know kate bush or they i tell them that i'm writing a play about kate bush they're like oh george bush's daughter oh <laughs> was her like, name oh. also kate bush <laughs> no no there's no kate bush it's just does like, george bush have a daughter he has two daughters. Oh, he does? Okay. Yeah. I think they're twins. Got it. Yeah. That's that's a whole different... It is. <laughs> that's a whole It would have been even funnier if <laughs> he had just not had a daughter No, their names are like Jenna and something else. Yeah. But I'm sure they're both very American Southern names because like, yeah. he's from Texas, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I'm sure are. they're military names. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, but no, the, the play is great. I would love to talk about the play a little bit um, and also just talk about... I. I'm really fascinated by the Catholic school element of the show because <laughs> yeah. you also went to Catholic school. I did. And Genevieve, you went to Catholic school in real I life. Sure I, did. I And we've had a talk or two school. about Catholic school, but we've never really gone. We've never talked about it too much, have we? I don't think we have. Yeah. I try to avoid it. <laughs> usually. I don't blame you. I also yeah. try to avoid it. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, my, my Catholic school experience was really unique. Um, it was co-ed to start, mm-hmm. so I, I wasn't... Yeah, that's a whole different... Was yours just girls? or was Mine was co-ed? all girls, yeah. Oh, wow. in, in the South, it's um, it's pretty divided, honestly. Like, there, there's maybe one school that was co-ed and Catholic, and all the rest were separated into boys and girls. Got it. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about how, um, how accurate your depiction of the queerness in an all-girls <laughs> Catholic school in the South... <laughs> How much of that was based in reality? <laughs> well, this one time I had this this teacher who was talking about this Catholic school in New Orleans. I'm not going to say the name of it. And he was like, oh, yeah, that place is a real lesbian factory. <laughs> and I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> it's just like, it's so funny. I think that, okay, so I don't, something that I always keep in mind, and like I think it's important to keep in mind, is that the Catholicism really... Um, keeps a lot of people from coming out. Like the yeah. Catholic mm-hmm. element is like a, definitely a big thing, but I think there's a lot of queer people in Catholic school that just haven't come out. Like mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are really closeted. Um, I knew several. Yeah, yeah, I did also. And I was like one of the very... I, I came out to only my friends uh, in high school because I didn't really care about other people. <laughs> I don't know how that's bad. I, I just still like don't was, care about yeah, other people. Yeah, I was like, uh, I don't, 10 points to not caring to about know. other people. Yeah. Um, but mm. I only came out to a few people and I got like shamed for it. Like, really? Super, wow. Oh, yeah. I By someone, your friends? Yeah. Someone told me I was going to hell. Oh, shit. Like, it was like a whole big deal. I had all these people being like, oh my God, you're going to have a crush on me. And I was like, 
dude, I would not be interested in you if you were like you are. <laughs> That's so fucking lame. It was seriously. Yeah, yeah, it was really <sighs> weird. And I think that well, it's also you have to keep in mind that sure, it's also a Catholic school in the South. Like mm-hmm. the South yeah. is also generally pretty homophobic. And while where I was living, like I was living in a city in the South, and that's like a little bit more liberal, but still, I mean, it's a red state, like when it, (laughs) when it comes down to it and people are kind of either one way or the other. Like Uh I knew very few people that were like, yeah, sure. It's whatever. Like I knew a lot of people who were very against and a lot Mm -hmm. of people who were very for. Even in our generation. Yeah. That's super fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, there was tons of, I talk about like girls making out in the bathroom Now that totally happened. It did? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It totally happened. That's I thought so it was hilarious. Um, never me. I, I wasn't into that game. <laughs> but, <laughs> you weren't into the hooking totally, up in the bathroom game? Yeah, no, not really. But uh, but it totally happened like to uh-huh. people that I knew. And yeah, I think, well, I just think that there was so much pressure on everyone to be um, this kind of like perfect woman, uh-huh. you know? And in the Bible, it's like, if you're a perfect woman, you are submissive to your man. And like, I, I mean, you put that you put that verse in from Timothy. That's like really yeah. fucking disturbing. Yeah, yeah. It's and those were the things that uh, the Bible. people read. You know, <laughs> yeah. I had religion classes all throughout high school where people would ask directly, like, "Do you think this is wrong or not?" And the people that were teaching were always like, "Well, the Bible says," and uh, like, the, you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't um, kind of like own up. Like I had a morality class. I did. Uh-huh. A I, class, I also had a morality yeah, class. Yeah, a class that was titled morality. That now, was, was that your freshman year? Because that, that was my, was my junior year. year. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I had it year. freshman year of high school. So we I, did Bible history, I think, like two years, and then we did morality, and then senior year we did world religions, which was actually pretty out of the box. Oh, that see, we didn't have very out of the box. We yeah, didn't have for, anything for a Catholic like that. school. It was very risky, but I mean, yeah, it was just. A very strange place to grow up. Honestly, like that's the thing is that I grew I grew up in that environment, mm-hmm. kind of like whether I chose to accept these ideas or not, they were told to me again and again and again, and that has an effect on a person. Mm-hmm. You know, as, oh yeah, as free as you want to be, if you've been told this one thing your whole life, it's especially about like who you are. If you're surrounded mm-hmm. by an environment where everybody's telling you you're this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing, well, exactly you, right. At some point, like they're either going to become that thing. Or they're gonna get revolt really hard. Or they're gonna go it. really hardcore against yeah. that thing. And I think there was also a large denial. There's a lot about mental health in this play, yeah. and there was a very large denial of mental health in the school that I was in. It was That's really something that, um, yeah, people there there just weren't great facilities. There was a lot of shame associated with mental health. I had a lot of friends that were really struggling, and I mean, the school did their best, but uh-huh. they also didn't. Right. You know, I mean, it's also like, I think that there is a fine line between teaching. And this is something my parents told me often. They were like, well, you can believe whatever you want. This school is supposed to teach you what they believe, and then you can decide. And I do think that it's true. I mean, they, they can only teach Catholic doctrine. Hmm. But I also think that it's your job as, I mean, a good Christian and like a person of moral compass to acknowledge that like the standards that are put in place by the Catholic church are sometimes really harmful. Like sometimes it's, it's necessary to be like, I'm a Catholic and I don't agree with this thing. Yeah. 
I'm a yeah, Catholic and, I, and you know, it was always, the thing that was always so just confusing to me was how are so many people in the Catholic Church just interpreting the Bible in the most, most sort har- of hateful, harmful way? Well, the Bible is so much. The Bible's good. a little twisty sometimes, for it sure. Is. Yeah. Um, I think it's more about, like, it was written so long ago. Like, it's it's so important to remember that, like, just because things were one way at one point doesn't mean... I said this earlier, but people are allowed and should be allowed to grow and change uh-huh. and it, um, evolve into more loving, open-minded people. And I think even though this was not the perspective that I got or the attitudes that I was treated towards by the Catholic Church, I firmly believe that Catholicism as a religion is talking about love and that... Uh-huh. If you're truly Catholic and you truly follow the Catholic doctrine, that's being respectful. That's, I mean, Jesus was friends with prostitutes and yeah, it's, it's a line in the play. It and is. tax collectors, like all the, in that time, the scum of the earth per se. Like, and he was, he was friends with those people, you know? Absolutely. So. And, you know, it's so funny. I, so when I was in, when I was in Catholic school, the first priest that we had there was this really awesome guy. His name was Father Chuck, and he was super cool. Um, and he he was involved with the theater department and like made it a point to be buds with all of the kids. And he was just really cool and really chill. He was the kind of guy who used to, you know, he would like make a Helen Keller joke and make us all laugh, which like in <laughs> hindsight isn't great, but also like at least he was cutting edge and raw. and You know what I mean? Wasn't he wasn't he like w- this. Didn't, weren't you telling me once that he was like in one of the school plays. Yeah, he was in one of the school plays, and he and I used to wait backstage together for one of our entrances, and one time he, like, farted really loud <laughs> in the wing, and we both went on stage with the giggles, and it was, like, the it's one of the funniest memories I have in high school. Uh-huh. With this, like, really cool priest who was a great guy, and he got transferred out um, my sophomore year, and then they brought this guy in, and the whole view just kind of changed. Mm. Um, we had also gotten a new president at that point, and the priest that they brought in, what his job was just to find more priests and to make more priests out of the boys. Oh so, God. like, the yeah. whole, it total. I mean, it was like a complete 180. Um, it's kind of been a weird, especially, like, if knowing that the school was co-ed, for to have the priest come in and be like, all right, this half of the people, you're going to become a priest. Yeah, so we, it, it was weird. Yeah. Um, and then I, my senior year, I took a Christian leadership class, which was actually really incredible um, because it took all of the good parts of Christianity and kind of threw away all the bad parts. And I had this really great teacher. And the, the Christian leadership class was for kids who were, who had taken honors religion up until that point. And the job of the Christian Leadership Academy was to design all of the retreats. Did you have retreats? Oh, yeah, we had retreats. Were yeah. your retreats good? They were hilarious. They were hilarious? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I hear in my head, yeah. I like hear in my head still to this day, like a man, like a white dude with a nice <laughs> haircut, just like standing in front of a room of teenage girls going, so God is a king. Nice. And if God cool. is a king, <laughs> then every one of you is a princess. 
Oh, that's, that's the worst. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what <laughs> I remember. <laughs> what? That's so cringy and weird. You can't yeah, right. That they like, they, they would like, try to make us cry. You know, like it was like this whole big thing where they were like. They would be like, your sisters. That was a weird, <laughs> yeah. You know. Like, like you're the cheetah girls. <laughs> yeah, 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 I wish. Because we are sisters. <laughs> we stick together. No, I wish it was like the cheetah girls. We, we had like really incredible retreats, though, that were really, because um, we had a bunch of different options. So like mm-hmm. kids could sign up for what retreat they wanted oh, to go on. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. My year, my year of designing the retreats was the first year that they did that. It was a really great idea. And I'm pretty sure they stuck with it since. And one of them was like, let's go to the beach for a weekend and like we'll have a good time and we'll talk about God a little bit. And that was it. That's, I think, more effective. I know some Catholic schools in New Orleans do that. It's just the one that I did. It was so small that like... Mm-hmm it kind of ended up where it was like all 60 of us in the gym <laughs> yeah. all day, and that was the retreat. Well, you know? we had those kinds of retreats too, but even those were effective because the guy who ran the Christian Leadership Academy also you know, oversaw all of the retreats and made sure that all of the kids running them and designing them were all you know, following what it was that he wanted to do, and he yeah. was a super cool guy, so we never had, um, so we never had anything weird happen on retreats. And we actually, God. we had... And this is and this is just such a different experience from what you had, I guess. But like we had a kid come out on a retreat to a room full of people. Oh, that's so crazy! I think we had it. Did we? No. I but I remember hearing like murmurs of like whispers. People being like, <laughs> people being like, I heard in the sophomore retreat today, three girls came out, <laughs> and it was like this big deal. But oh, like really? no one, yeah, it was like a big deal though. No one in my year ever did though. I mean, my year was. Weird, like there were definitely girls who are gay in my year mm-hmm. and bi and stuff like that, but it was kind of hush hush. It was like not, I don't know. It's just so interesting, yeah, and I mean, nobody weird. talked about it outside of a retreat, but on retreats, people felt safe. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, you couldn't talk about it in class. You couldn't talk about it with your teacher. Oh no, definitely you not. Are you kidding? You know, no. you really <laughs> couldn't even talk about it with your friends. This is so fascinating. Yeah. Outside of school, yeah, no. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even like asking questions. I'm just like listening to this. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was just a really, you. It was like retreats were the safe space, and you didn't have to worry about anything that you repercussions said. There, and also it was taken very seriously. Where like if you told somebody else something that you heard on a retreat, you got in huge trouble. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's kind of cool, though. I mean, like... Like, if I had told... Like, if I had told somebody what I had heard on a retreat, I wouldn't have been allowed to walk at my graduation. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so it was yeah. taken very seriously. Ours were not like uh-huh. that at all. That sucks. Yeah, it was definitely so a little strange. I mean, <sighs> I think they tried to enforce stuff like that, but, like, they didn't actually enforce it. Mm-hmm. Do you think the fact that the faculty and the doctrine and all of the everything that you did in class being so unfriendly towards what you know people mm-hmm. believed in the school do you think that that affected how people acted out i'm not necessarily saying that so, it made people queer but like do you think that it caused you know hooking up in the bathroom was way cooler at your school where like nobody was it doing wasn't that in my school i would oh i wouldn't say it was cool to hook up with girls in the bathroom oh no it was something to be ashamed of definitely. oh really yeah and people got caught and it was like big drama and no one would talk about it it was like very under the rug uh-huh. um I was kind of in a a group of kids that were like consistently, it was interesting also, I feel that um, 
there were groups of kids who got in trouble more often than others for silly things. Got it. Yeah. And the group that I was in was very queer and also got in trouble more often mm-hmm. for very silly things. Did got you it. get in trouble? Yeah, totally. For what? Uh, What'd you do? Oh my God. This one time. <laughs> so I like went to another school. I, I went to two schools at the same time. It's like a whole big yeah, confusing yeah, yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. But basically, uh, I would have to ask for the assignments that I was going to miss in the mornings before school even started. And I would go to this one teacher every morning and like ask her for the assignments. And she was always so rude. And I was like, look, I'm I arranged be, this with you. I'm, trying I'm just trying proactive. to do my homework. Like, <laughs> right. just tell me what my homework is. I'm trying to um, get this in, like, on And time. they pulled me into the office, and they sat me down. They, like, called me over the intercom. And they sat me down, and they were like, Ooh, over the intercom. you're stressing out our teachers. What? And I was like, <laughs> what? And they were like, you're putting too much pressure on our teachers to tell you the homework. And I was like, what? I was like, I don't even know what to say to that. Like, what are you even talking about? Oh it's their God. job it's too to much tell the me the homework. Oh, my it's God. Like, right, because it's like you made an arrangement, and it's like the teachers know what the homework is And it was a be. small school. Like, it was not a – you know what I mean? Right. Like, if it was, like, they a giant-ass school, then right, I would understand. Because it's like my high school had, like, 500 kids go yeah, to it. Yeah, no. Like – My grade had, like, under 60 yeah, like, like how many she, students, right, you know, does, you know, does have? it was dumb. I was like one of the only exceptions in the school to this. Y- y- you know what I mean? Like, right. just, it like really, they were accommodating it to other people, of, but like, mm-hmm. not, yeah. Yeah. And there were so many teachers who were just like so chill about it. So right. like, I know that it's I not that, it's but not yeah, that difficult. There was just one of my friends wrote this article about how she wanted to see different plays being done in the theater. Uh-huh. And they told her she was slandering the school. <laughs> like, just, oh, like, the silliest things right. people in my group would get in trouble for. And, like, looking back, I know it's because we were all gay. Like, yeah. I know it. Like, that's why. We right. weren't allowed to do Legally Blonde. Yeah. I no, can't. we weren't either. I you know what we did, though? What'd you, What'd do? you do? Twelve Angry Men. And it was an all-girls all school. school. <laughs> and I was like, I, I mean, don't listen, get it. listen, there's a version of that. That it I'm sure hilarious. someone will try to do here in Philly, where it's twelve angry women. Oh, I <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. Though. Twelve nasty but women. Yeah, that's twelve like angry kind of men. Isn't that just like the clergy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But um, also, if you haven't seen Twelve Angry Men, watch it. It's great. Um, <laughs> so, so we're. I mean, we're on the topic of your friends a little bit. So yeah. why don't you why don't you tell us about some of your friends in high school and where you sort of find them in this show? Because oh, like wow, they're the, great. I feel like the center of this play is a lot of it is kind of on the relationship between <laughs> these three students and yeah, that's another yeah, yeah. I was wondering what it's like. I think this play is kind of actually based on me and my childhood best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's not super, it's not super direct in any way. I think that. Like, I was probably a little bit more like Sal Mm -hmm. in that I was, like, a little bit all over the place. Like, kind of um, a little punk. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But, and my best friend was a lot more like Anna. And I think that there was, like, came this weird point in time where I just remember feeling like I was leaving her behind. And I felt really guilty about that. And, like, I was having all these experiences. You know, I was like, I mean... As young high schoolers do, you know, you, like, go out and secretly drink with people and stuff like that. And I was having all these experiences, and 
she wasn't. And I mm-hmm. felt really guilty. And I think that like, I think that there's this pressure when you've known someone for a really long time to keep things the way that they have been. Mm-hmm. And then you reach this weird point in adolescence when like it all of a sudden becomes this race about like who can, can grow up the, the quickest. Right, who can do the most things. Yeah, who, who can, can do the most things. Or who like can, you, right, or and we like, used to play Never Have I Ever. That was another big thing. And uh-huh. like when anyone had done anything new, mm-hmm. everyone was like, oh, tell us everything. <laughs> oh, like wow. what happened? You, you know what I mean? Yeah, and Never Have I Ever plays, pops up a few times throughout the throughout the play. Yeah, it's just like a it's like a drinking game, but it was not a drinking game the way that we played right, it. We just right, right. you know, we play it like at school and like stuff like that. Uh but yeah, I think it it pretty greatly reflects like kind of my relationships with people in high school. Like yeah, I, d- I don't know. I it it hits me really close to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um talking about it i love her so much and we still keep in touch and everything but right but like sometimes it just happens where like you're just so you have so much in common with someone at a certain time and then you kind of find your own interests and you like yeah the drifting is so uncomfortable right you know it like it feels like you're like leaving behind a part of yourself or like you're you're like being dishonest in some kind of way but it shouldn't you should be able to hold on to the good parts of a childhood mm-hmm. relationship and continue to grow, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, and it's all kind of about, like, learning how to do that. Right, it's about kind of shifting yeah. into that next gear, but then kind of getting for sure caught in the middle. And, you know, that's you see riffs like that in the, in the play, which I think is just really interesting because it's like, you know, you can totally tell when you read it, and I'm sure you will also be able to totally tell, you know, when someone sees it is that all three of these characters feel really, really specific and well-defined so that, (laughs) um, so that when you're there, they feel like you can totally tell that this is comes from like that real place of like what those friendships are actually like. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and then kind of jumping off of that, you know, we talked about like Kate Bush and, you know, all of, that stuff i was wondering if you could just kind of tell you know us and the people who are listening who you know haven't read this play kind of how then okay you have these relationships and then you have like the fascination and love of kate bush you know in the play kind of go into how those worlds kind of collide and how like the play came out of that so i think that um so when i was looking at kate bush i i actually only watched that first music video for a long time i didn't know anything about her and i was just obsessed with that music video and i was like whoa this girl must be crazy like (laughs) she's doing some wild stuff um and then i did some research and i realized that she was pretty normal um (laughs) and it it, but it took it took me doing that research and realizing that she was pretty normal to kind of like thinking about how I had idolized her. Mm-hmm. Like Without I had really put knowing. her, yeah, I had put her on this pedestal as being this like free spirited, like wild woman who was just trying to find love in the world. And in actuality, like she's super Catholic. She got married. She had a child. She settled down. She made some cool political work like later in her life, but like mm-hmm. her beginnings were very humble and her life path was pretty standard, pretty, pretty for standard and star, humble. Yeah. yeah. For the most part. Um, and I, so I kind of was thinking about that and I was, I, I think I've known for a long time that like I was going to write a play about Catholic school, uh-huh. but 
I needed some distance from it before I could do that. Like I was really hurt by a lot of the things that had happened while I was in Catholic school. And it was kind of at the same time as I found this music video that I was kind of like reopening the doors to like all of those memories and Mm -hmm. like that time of my life and like how that's affected me. And I was thinking a lot about Catholicism and I realized that Mary is like not a great role model. Like Uh she is crafted by men and what we know about her is that she was sinless. She... As you put in the show, she never shit. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, she that never, was, well, it was one of my favorite lines. She <laughs> never shat. Yeah, but the uh, Virgin Mary has also never used the bathroom. Yeah, she, <laughs> but but you know she is. She's like this perfect creature who like right. never did anything wrong. And some guy came out of heaven and was like, "You're going to be pregnant, and you're 13." And she was like, "Okay." Right. You know, and like even her, her birth story is very glossed <laughs> over. Like the stories about Mary mm-hmm. up until her death were mostly just her caring for Jesus or right. her being perfect. And how, as a woman, am I supposed to live up and have a role model that is just perfect? Right. Like there it's are no there are no qualities to being perfect. Right. It's just a word. Like it's it just, just right. means that you you've they, never right, done like anything these wrong. Guys, like, like over the last couple thousand years, have like constructed yeah. this woman is like this is what like we, look at Jesus. They're right. like Jesus was compassionate. Jesus listened to people who didn't have anyone to listen to them. Here are Jesus actions gave, and choices that here are he actions did. and choices about Jesus, but there aren't any and. They're good saints, right? There uh-huh. are some like saints that did some pretty cool stuff, right? But those aren't really talked about. Like uh-huh. you don't talk about the saints in right. Catholicism. You I talk don't know about shit about the saints. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like you. <laughs> it's like there. You know that there are some statues of them, and exactly. then, like, some schools are named. You really after only them. look them yeah. up when you like lose your shoe and need to pray to Saint Anthony. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's like like Saint Anthony's <laughs> the one that I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like Saint Christopher and Joseph. Exactly. Everyone has Joseph the neck carpenter. Yeah, yeah. Was my so, confirmation saint. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Was Kate Bush your confirmation saint? I wish. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I kind of was just like thinking about achievable role models and it, it kind of really set into me that I think the reason why everyone that I was friends with in high school had such a hard time is because who we were and who we were expected to be were so was so drastically different. Like, right, because it's like mm-hmm. what... Right, because like you said, it's like what is... Mary, who was she? What was her personality? It's like, if you're going to say, okay, strive to be, all women should strive to be this person, which in itself is like, come on. It's a little twisty, yeah. Come on. I would argue more than a little twisty. But then to like, not even like identify this person as like yeah. having ever made choices. Well, the choices sure. that she made were always in service of men. They right. were, the yeah. Point exactly. Right. They were the submissive. The job of a woman is just to be, be the vessel of yeah. this child. You exactly. Know? And I just, yeah, so I was really thinking about that. And I also was thinking about the queer community. And I kind of realized like Kate Bush was actually um, a pretty big figure in the drag scene. Like a lot of men would dress up to be her and do the Wuthering Heights dance. I understand. She's fabulous. (laughs) It's fabulous. I get it. But 
she actually wasn't super in support of gay rights. Like, if you actually look at what mm. she says about gay rights in her songs, there's, like, this one lyric where she was like, there are two men living in sin. Like, you know, like, it wasn't Oof. until a lot later that she became Kinda hip to it. Is like, that, like, a tongue-in-cheek type thing? Or no. Is that a, uh, <laughs> you know, well, because it was the 70s, and she was super Catholic, exactly. and she didn't... She ask. was a human being. Right. She didn't. She didn't ask to be a gay icon. That it just was men. It right. Was the men, men decided that who, this was what. She, yeah. Yeah. Lesbians didn't do it. Right. It was the gay. What men. do lesbians have to do? With gay, you know what I Which mean? Which I think it's super funny that it's like this is right about yeah. lesbians. You know, or like queer women. In it's high school. weird I, that yeah. straight women are looked up to by gay men, and gay women have a harder time looking up to these figures right. you know, that are supposed to be gay icons when I, I've never understood. And we've talked about this. I've, I've never really understood the gay icon mm -hmm. thing. Cause I'm it's like, it wild, very, yeah. very rarely makes sense. It's fashion. It's yeah. fashion. It's like it, having, it's being different. I think is a big part of it. Like I have this line in the play where she's like, uh, yeah, like every, like one of the characters asks her why she's a gay icon. And she's like, I don't know. I was singing about being cold in the window. And I guess a lot of other people were cold too. And they <laughs> wanted to step in, you know, <laughs> like I, I, but I don't think that she intended to be that way. And I don't think that she had much say in How the young is. beginnings of her image. Mm -hmm. Um, so this sort of clarifies my question from earlier because yeah. Michael, I read the play right before you got here, and it, it's great. Thank um, you. Yeah, of course. And I was the one thing that I was confused about was the the Kate Bush and Katie and Kat. yeah. What was okay. that so dynamic? So for sure. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you listening, the characters, you know, we have the the friends, and then uh, we have the character of Anna, and then in the play, Kate Bush comes to Anna after she watches this video as it to like as this apparition to like give her guidance and becomes kind of this pseudo mentor character and like they they talk to each other and such mm -hmm. um so yeah so go into what you were going to So basically Kate Bush um Kate Bush is really flamboyant in mm -hmm. the play as a character I don't see Kate Bush as being the actual Kate Bush I see her as being kind of a drag Kate Bush like if you if you read a lot of her lines, they're very much like, "Oh, baby, like I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna take you under my wing, baby." Like you know, Reminds they're not me of the hormone monster from Big Mouth. Yeah, almost. it's yeah. Like it's really similar. Feisty, and, and like it functions in the play in a similar kind for of sure, role. for sure. Um, but I think the what I came to is that I feel that Kate Bush is to these girls, um, like they. Kate Bush is of her mind, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, she only is making of Kate Bush what she knows from the music video. Kate Bush only tells Anna information she already knows. Right. She repeats it in, like, a really flamboyant way. So, in it seems like new information. Way, but it's not. But it's just it's not new information. Um, mm -hmm. So, something that I really wanted to play with was uh, the fact that Kate Bush was pretty much just a regular person yeah. uh and so i have a character named katie uh -huh. who is one of the schoolgirls, and she's kind of in the background the whole time like doing her own thing and anytime that kate bush is on stage being like very flamboyant katie's like painting her nails or like doing <laughs> her homework um and i kind of wanted to like so ba so basically it goes through the whole play 
Anna realizes something about Kate Bush, which is that Kate Bush is British the whole time she's been talking in an American accent. And she's like, fuck, like if Kate Bush is British, then who, who have I been talking to? <laughs> right. Because um, the person I've been talking to is definitely, is definitely not, not British. British. Uh, and so she has this moment where she wants to confront Kate Bush but instead of Kate Bush coming forward, Katie comes forward. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an acknowledgement of the fact that she doesn't know Kate Bush and right. that Kate Bush is a regular person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, like has a family and it is in actuality like a teenager. When she put that right. song out, she was a teenager. Right. She was only like two years older than exactly the than all the, the characters play. in the she play. She would have been yeah. like you know a junior or senior. Exactly. And the characters and it, are like what freshman, sophomore kind of you know. Yeah, and they want to look up to her mm. as this role model and as this idol, but no, first they just, have to acknowledge that she's just a human, right. you know. And like I think that that's my big issue with Mary in the Bible is that there's no acknowledgement of her humanness. Mm-hmm. You know, she's seen as divine, and how am I supposed to? be divine. Like, I'm just a human. I'm going to make mistakes. Kate Bush is going to make mistakes. Any woman is going to make mistakes. It's not about not making mistakes. It's about how you choose to handle Mm -hmm. making mistakes. What kind of person you are in your core rather than your decisions. (sighs) Yeah. Mic drop. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. That completely answers my question because I was was wondering about that, but now now that you explain it, I, I get the fact that Kate Bush is just kind of the the gay icon idealized version of Kate Bush, and yeah. Katie is just sort of who she is. Yeah, and there's some ways that I hope to uh, show that in the play for sure. Like there's some visual things that I want to play with mm-hmm. to make that more obvious. But what are y- some of the? I well, I really am interested in using mask work. I uh-huh. love masks and puppetry right. and stuff like that. Um, I just think that. I think that theater doesn't have a place if it's not theatrical. Like that's the whole, like what can it do that film can't do? It can give you like a really wild in-person experience with a physical object. Um, I'm really into like wearable art. Mm -hmm. So uh, my idea is like to have essentially like a Kate Bush head that is like paper mache and like just huge, like (laughs) stupid looking even Mm -hmm. like, just strange, a strange Kate Bush head, um, and have Kate Bush be wearing that, when she and is. then have Katie wear it uh-huh. in that conversation, and have her like take it off, you know? Oh wow! So that you realize who she yeah, is. Yeah, so that you realize that it's just Katie. It's like kind of the idea that Kate Bush and Katie are the same person; they're just flip sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even then, like yeah, there's a literal, real life Kate Bush out there in the out there in the cosmos, yeah, you know, out there in the sure. world. And but when like, Katie comes out, mm. I want her to look just like Kate Bush. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked about a little bit about like, you know, your ideas for like the theatricality and stuff. I know that like in the initial kind of stage directions for the play, you talked about how like, okay, this is a play where like there shouldn't be a, like a set. It should yeah. just kind of be like just a black void of, Space, and I'm wondering if, like, I think there was a mention slightly of like the woods and the mm-hmm. setting of the music video. Yeah, I was wondering kind of if you could talk about kind of how those things kind of have informed each other. For sure, the process. Um, I really like plays that occur in the ether. I don't like set locations. I think it kind of stifles the creativity of a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And most of the pieces that I write end up being in kind of this like black space because once you open that door, you can be anywhere right. and you can have things happening at the same time and you can, you know, it like, it suspends reality a little bit differently and it kind of makes you, I'm into the acknowledgement that it's a play. It shouldn't mm-hmm. feel completely real. Right. It's not, you know, it's realism. not, because it's literally not. Right. Cause I think I, was, I forget who I was having this conversation with, but it was like, you know, it, you, yeah, sure. Like you can go for like realism in a play, but like you will just never ever be able to do realism in theater as well as they film. do it on film. Yep. You just will never be yeah. able it's to. It's true. Do Unless it's like I mean there are exceptions in terms of like immersive and right. like things like where you don't really know that you're seeing a theater piece. I think those things can be cool. But, but like again, why go that's for expanding re- on the, the definition of theater, but the like if you're just doing kind of this a play about people who are in school and like things. There's no happen. reason to there's keep it in the school. Like, right. There's, there's no reason to to build a classroom because like why? Yeah. What's the reason there? Where it's like obviously you know if this were a movie, then like yeah you're building a house and you're finding mm-hmm. a school and you're renting it and you're like doing all this stuff. But like if this is going to be a play, then like why build a school? Yeah, I think also so my biggest thing in saying the re- one of the biggest reasons why I always say that I don't want to have a set uh-huh. is because then the play can happen anywhere. Right. So like. If I wanted to put this play in a church, mm. I could do that. You could just do it. If I wanted to put this play in a school during summer, mm-hmm. I could do that. If I wanted to put this play in the woods, mm-hmm. I could do that because there's Go no to requirement. Yeah, there's no requirement of a background or like any specific space. It can just be wherever it wants to right. be. It could be outdoor. It could be indoor. Could be have lighting. Could have right. no lighting at all. It just like opens the bounds of the world so much and allows for um, really like a lot of creativity. I feel from directors. Yeah, I'm sure a director would kind of latch onto that and be like, yeah. okay, let's just kind of. I think blow it, this thing open. so. It's actually being produced in uh-huh. New York, sixteenth, uh-huh. seventeenth uh, of August in. Or yeah, in of August in mm-hmm. Bushwick. Okay, and we're d- I think we're doing it in a house. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. If y'all are hearing this, you should come out and see it. It should be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah for sure. We'll plug all of the information in yeah, the, uh, yeah, in the description. Be great. Yeah, absolutely. We'll plug everything again at the end when we're you know wrapping up. I'll send you a poster. <laughs> oh, yeah. We would love we that. Can't wait. Um, we can put it up above our couch that currently has nothing. No, our I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's <laughs> the it's the collage in the script. So you brought okay. up film, uh, yeah. or you brought up film. Somebody brought up film. Uh-huh. Um, have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about writing for film? Yeah. Yeah? Do you have I've any interest in doing it? I've thought about it. You know, people used to tell me a lot when I was like first starting out that uh-huh. I was a film writer, and I think it's because I really enjoy naturalistic mm-hmm. dialogue, but I think that lately I've been really enjoying uh, more physical theater. Mm-hmm. I'm actually in a movie. Uh-huh. Which oh, is, really? Yeah, Nice. It's funny. I, I don't right, how you say <laughs> like people told happened. me that I write for film, but I really want to write for play. Also, I'm acting in a movie. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I, um, yeah. I think I have no problem with film, but I don't really see myself as a film writer mm-hmm. yet. I think it's uh-huh. something I could develop into, um, but I would have to see room for the weird shit that I want to happen right. open up in film. Yeah. Like, well, I would like, have to create a new space and. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I'm ready to do that yet. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, it would, like, because as someone who's read like a lot of your stuff, like, I totally see how like you could write a screenplay and have it feel super like 
weird because like you know they say this is something that like kind of you hear thrown around by like people kind of specifically in the actor director writer mm -hmm. theater space but like something that people outside that might not necessarily know is something that we hear a lot is that like oh yeah all the playwrights working for Netflix you know because it's yeah. a lot of the people who are in the writers rooms of like a lot for of sure. the TV shows yeah. that you love are just people who have written plays but also some people transition super super nicely to that type of environment and some people don't and like I it's think, all depends on the person. I think if my plays were translated to film, they would be like Marcel the Shell. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what, what is that? I'm playing you, catch up. It's a it's a YouTube video that was made in like the two thousands of the shell and she's like it's literally just a shell and she's like hobbling around. She's like, you know what I use for hang gliding? A fingernail and a piece of string. <laughs> and like it's, it's just like her like making like weird oh like statements like that, but it's like very weird, uh, kind of absurdist. Yeah, type yeah. Thing. I really and like absurdism. Yeah, cool. You know, and I'm sure Here. that there, are, if you ever wanted to do it, there are plenty of people who would love to do some weird absurdist thing. And you know, For sure. because yeah. like the nice part about that is that you can throw anything on YouTube, you know? Yeah, yeah I'm go. interested in expanding the world for sure. I mm -hmm. think that, um, yeah, a lot of my work so far as a playwright has just been me, like, pushing something. Right. And then being like, okay, I'm done. And then finding another project and pushing it a little bit farther and right. doing it again with it pushing it a little bit farther. Like, I just keep getting farther and farther into this, like, what am I making? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Kind of, like, strange realm. But that's also a nice thing to, like, kind of have that question of, yeah. like, because, like, when you have, like, a very specific vision for what something is going to be, then it almost stifles it a little bit than when you're, mm -hmm. like, asking questions because, oh, my God, I'm blanking on like the exact quote right now because but it, i heard someone talk about how like okay like yeah sure people who know exactly what they're going to write never end up writing because they know exactly what <laughs> it's going to be but people who have questions write a ton because yeah. it's the process is that a process a of, of exploring. But like, if you know, oh, this is exactly what it's going to be. And it's going to have a beginning, middle and end. And this is where it's going to go. And this is going to get, what it's going to get built into, you know, people who are like that have a much harder time actually getting things done. <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I really never know where anything that I write is going to go. Um, which is fun. Yeah, when it's exciting. When did you realize that this was a Kate Bush play? <laughs> did oh you start God. this play before you realized? Like I wrote, I wrote a Kate Bush scene first. Okay. And then I realized that it was my Catholic school play. Like got I it. knew uh, that both plays were going to be happening, but I didn't know that they were the same thing yet. And then, yeah, I had this title, this like document called My Bush, <laughs> 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 that I just like threw down like all of these ideas about everything. And then it ended up translating to Our Ladies of Perpetual Suffering. Also, while we're on the topic of process, how long did this take you to write? Like two weeks. Two weeks? That's it? I So I do this thing where I think about things for a really, 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 really long time. Uh -huh. And then I just write them really quick. Oh, wow. So I uh, thought about, I started thinking about this play, Catholic school play. I started thinking about it like August. Kate Bush, I learned about her in December. And then I wrote it for, like, two weeks in, like, March. Oh, wow. And then has it 
changed since then or has it just kind of been not really no i mean i am always open to changing things Mm -hmm. like i'm super if i hear something and it's not working i'm very always very willing to change it Mm -hmm. um because i believe that art is ever evolving and it's never actually really finished um i think that it probably is going to change a good bit i'm having a read through Uh um and once I hear the read-through with the cast that's going to be doing it in New York, probably a good bit of it's going to change. Yeah, that's super, super interesting. Because, like, I'm thinking about, like, the play that I wrote that's mm-hmm. going up, you know, a little after yours, where it's like, okay, I started writing it around the same time that you started writing this one because we yeah. were <laughs> writing it for a class. And we're yeah. like, here's the scene. Woo! <laughs> you know, let's see what this is. You know, so I think maybe mine was stemmed from the assignment that was like a week or two before the, you know, the one yeah. where you ended up with that one. I actually did the wrong assignment. <laughs> and I, did, I did the assignment that was like supposed to be three weeks later. And I was like, well, sorry. I mean, uh, I'm sure really you guys funny. had Dave. So right? I'm sure he wasn't. Upset. I'm sure we yeah. I'm sure we figured it out. But like I'm thinking about how you're like, I thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. And then I did it in two weeks. And then that was it. Whereas it's like mine was like the total opposite process yeah. where like I've been like consistently writing, 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 writing for mm-hmm. like six months. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that everyone's process is going to be really different. And it's like super important to remember that and like not judge anyone based on their process. Yeah. Because like my process is like a crazy woman and I always feel, I feel like kind of guilty that I don't take longer to write my plays. Like I'm being careless or something, huh. but I don't think I am. No, I, think I I'm mean, just, yeah, everyone just has their process. I think your, it's just my process. seemed very well thought out. Yeah. Too. It's because so it I think about them a lot before yeah, I write them, you know, but it's, it's, yeah, I just, I really feel that everyone's process is super different. Yeah, no yeah I didn't feel like I was reading a play that was written in two weeks. I felt like I was, ready, yeah. I was reading a play that took months to develop, and that's why I was so shocked when you said that it was only two weeks. Yeah, yeah it's like, like, oh my God, she's been working on this for months. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I feel like it's like two weeks of, uh, I kind of like bake off, you know, uh-huh. Paula Vogel. Yeah. So for people that don't know, there's this playwright named Paula Vogel and she created this thing called the Bake Off, which is basically where you write a play in 24 hours. Uh-huh. I don't do that. I think that's crazy. But... I did that. <laughs> I, I can't do that. It <laughs> makes my mind explode. Oh my but God. I can write a play in like two weeks pretty solidly. Uh-huh. So I basically write it super quick and then I do like really small tweaks for uh-huh. like months, but like no big changes for the most part. Yeah, no, I... When I did my play, I... Did the forty? We are we did forty eight hour bake off. So I did the whole thing in forty eight hours, and then about two months later, I gutted ninety percent of it. Yeah, and I rewrote the entire thing. And then we were like, okay, I'm going to do the play. We're going to do a production of it. Went out, did the whole thing. I found a director, Allison, who took our pictures, and um, gave her the play. She's like, oh, I think this is really interesting. We're going to do it, and we're. Gonna, she signed it. I'm like, yeah, I'm working on the third draft. It's going to be great. And then I gutted like 80% of it yeah, and then rewrote the whole thing. And so and here's the third draft. And I'm thinking to myself, I just handed her a new play. And she was like, you just handed me a new play. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the you same, know? it's the same play that, you know, obviously that she signed up for, but like, I just think that like, wow, it's just like total, total opposite kind of thing. For sure. Yeah. And and for me, I wrote a play once. It sucks. Uh, we won't. <laughs> it's fine. It's totally okay. Um, Keep no, working. I mean, my my Keep first. Working my. Listen, I mean, I'm also my no. playwriting one play sucked too. It's cool. 
Oh, so I've written two plays. Because oh, I wrote, wrote the playwriting one, one, and then play, I wrote, wrote the playwriting play, two, two play. play. They're both pretty rough. <laughs> um, but I tried. But no, I mean, as a songwriter, I'm not a drafter yeah. at all. I think some people are drafters and some people aren't. I'm not. I'm, I'm not so ready to move on from yeah. plays after I've... I did have a draft of this play, though, like I said, which was really new for me. It's all... Oh, it's garbage. It's so bad. Of, of this show? Yeah, my bush. That, that uh-huh. draft. Oh, that was, that the, was the oh. draft. That was like... I wrote like four scenes that I think I only took like three things from them. I took I would take like lines here and there, but uh-huh. the never have I ever started there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Writing stuff that sucks is so hard, isn't it? Because oh, you're it's writing so like, hard. You fucking hate yourself. But that's most of writing, honestly. Yeah. Like yeah. writing is literally just writing stuff that sucks enough times to be like, oh wait, I this. said one good thing. All right. How I'm do you gonna bring take yourself, that. And how do you bring yourself to do it? Because every time I sit to write down, I'm like, oh. Oh, it's awful. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's so it's bad. The, the important thing is just to remember that everything is going to seem really stupid. So you just have to please yourself. Like, yeah. I only write things that I think are really funny to myself. Like, I try to make myself laugh. <laughs> That's what I've been doing and recently. Like, <laughs> and I think it, it works in some weird way because I'm not really trying to, like, prove anything right, you're not, i'm like, just censoring yourself based on like oh what other people will yeah, think yeah well like, i'm just trying to be like wouldn't it be really funny if i did this like really <laughs> dumb thing most of my plays start off as like a literal joke like yep. so many of my plays yep. are like this is hilariously awful <laughs> and then like at some point it transitions and i find like some kind of greater truth in it that like resonates with me in a way that i wasn't expecting and uh-huh. i'm like oh I've been saying this thing all along, and I didn't even realize it. I think a lot of plays happen by accident, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, for somebody like me, I spent the first year and a half, two years of my songwriting, you know, th- of the time that I spent songwriting, just trying to write a good pop song and something that was pretty surface level, but also articulate and yeah. very direct because I had a lot of feelings. But now I'm sort of... At a point, like I just wrote a song about hand jobs, and I wrote a song <laughs> about flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> and are you I, Claro? <laughs> who's Claro? She also wrote a song about flaming hot Cheetos. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah. I, so there's I, a song called Flaming Hot Cheetos, right? Yeah. Okay. So I did. I hear saw about her this last night, actually. Oh, oh wow. live? Yeah. Shit. How was it? Eh. Eh? Really? <laughs> oh, that's so upsetting. Yeah. But is this so? From what I've heard, I've never listened to the song. Um, is it about Flamin' Hot Cheetos or is it called No, Hot it's just called Flaming Hot Cheetos. Okay. I, was, I was pissed. So see, my song <laughs> is, is about Flamin' Hot Cheetos, but you would never know because it's a reveal. The last line of the song is what indicates that it's about Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Okay, I'm about it. No, <laughs> Thank I'm, you. I'm always open to new works about snack food. So the song, the song <laughs> leads you to believe that it's about a woman. And then you find out yeah, in the, the last, last song verse about or the oh, last food that it's about Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I can't wait. Thank I'm you. excited. <laughs> but no, I'm trying to, re- you know, I'm trying to make myself laugh too because yeah. it's so much more fun. Yeah. I just don't, I think no one knows what they're doing. Like, I, I don't no know clue. what I'm doing. No one knows what they're doing. Anyone who is famous probably doesn't know what they're doing. So it's dumb to pretend like, you know, you should just try You're doing to cool do shit though. Try to do you something are. that brings you joy and that's all you can really do. Absolutely. Are you? Am are I, you? What are I, you? What's your? Do you know what you're doing? I I don't know. I have theories. You have theories. <laughs> I have I have a yeah. hypothesis. I don't what's know. I th- no, no no no. I don't have a hypothesis. I have like predict it. 
Oh, I'm, bring, I'm bringing us back. Predict Part of the segment. It, predict what? Predict what? Predict your future. Predict all of our futures. Okay. Oh, shit. All right. Um, listen. This is gonna hurt so oh bad. my god. Michael's gonna dig into it. <laughs> um, listen, there are tarot cards in my play. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I love tarot cards. Let's. I don't know. Predict. Predict your futures. Predict our futures. Yeah. Just go in. Michael okay. the Michael the um what are the what is it the Zoltar from Big. That's Was it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I don't know, man. I think, um, I don't know. I think you're going to wear that shirt tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. You wanted me to dig in, and now I dug in. Um, me and That's so fucked up. Isn't it? It's a nice shirt. I can't wait Thank to see you. it. You know, I can't wait to see it again. It'll Dino looks really snazzy. Dino, just Dino so does look really that. snazzy well, today. I'm, I'm so flattered. I know. Oh, my goodness. It's I had the to color. Like, it's the color. The color white? <laughs> no, the color blue. Oh, you like the blue? I like the blue. Dino has you. blue pants on and a white button up on. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. already talked about my salmon pants. but We did talk about your salmon I pants. I wanted to bring it up again. Yeah. Genevieve, I'm wearing a great outfit, but you are I won't tell you outfit. about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, does the back like of your shirt say go fuck yourself? It says go to hell. It's like, it's a, uh, it's like a shirt from this uh, the Cayman Islands, which are just like, these islands and it's literally a tourism shirt and uh-huh. apparently hell is like this beach that they have oh, that's that like so funny. has a lot of steam and it has it like black sand yeah i don't know this one time i was at this bar and there's this guy who just had like the most spectacular mullet i've ever mm-hmm. seen like i'm talking like I've david bowie in the labyrinth mullet like <laughs> like so large and beautiful and he was wearing a white suit and he came up to me and he said Cayman Islands, I'm from there. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and it was like the weirdest thing. And he told me all about hell. So yeah, hell's an actual place. I'm still it's hung in the up Cayman on the Islands. Fact, I'm still hell hung is up the on Cayman the, Islands. the guy in a mullet wearing a white suit at a bar. He That's looked just great. So I, I think the there was like a tropical shirt under the white suit. It was yep. very, <laughs> very <laughs> fashion forward. Yeah. He looked yeah. great. If I you're out the there listening to this. Great you outfit. That day. You looked yeah. good that one day. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine if that guy was listening to this show? I don't know. I mean, I can hope. I can hope. Maybe <laughs> we can like find him, and we. He can, probably like, doesn't have internet or a phone. Maybe. <laughs> Honestly, know, they have the internet. In the He's game probably in hell right now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Who knows? And then wow. what's what's Genevieve's future? Genevieve's future? I don't know. You're. I. I um. I'm ready. Just hit me with it. About it. I think. I don't know. I think you're going to like, I feel like you're going to just like go and go and go. And then one day you're just going to stumble into something. And then all of us, like, I like, I feel like you're just going to keep writing these plays and you're going to keep writing things. And then all of a sudden you're just going to like, you're either, okay, two things are going to happen. One is you're going to end up uh, like dropping off the face of the earth and ending up like, I'm in like Eastern Europe and Probably, I've been here for yeah. 20 years and I don't know what's happening and I haven't seen a newspaper or a cell phone since my 30s. <laughs> or, and you're going to be like, I'm so happy, but like, what is wrong with all of you people? You've changed. <laughs> um, or like, you're just going to write a play and then something you're going to like stumble onto it and like just like the most random person is going to see it. I, here's what I predict I think that some super famous person is going to just stumble onto one of your plays and then you're going to get a nice shout out on Twitter 
I'd love that. Or being like, I just read this really play. I want it to be Al Fanning. Famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was thinking like... like Sir Ronan. Oh, yeah. Be in my play, Sir Ronan. <laughs> well, I was going to say something. No, no, like the... Uh, a totally like random person, like Seth Rogen finds your play. Oh, my God. And it's like, yo, this is like pretty good. <laughs> oh, Seth, Seth Rogen, do you like my plays? Send it to him. T- tell Let's me, call me if you like my plays, Seth Rogen. <laughs> Let's find Seth Rogen's management. And Let's get Seth Rogen on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. What are you guys waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> episode seven. Yeah. Episode seven is when we Let's have get a few under our belt no, before, before we get Seth Rogen. Before we get Dante Seth Green, Dante. Carly Spence, Spence, Genevieve, Genevieve Farb, Farb, Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen. Seth Rogen. That feels it's a natural. natural. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that feels organic. Yep. <laughs> All right. Oh well, we've got about a minute left. Yeah, we got a couple minutes left. So. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Do you want to plug your, where people can find you, your... Sure. Uh, my Instagram is at Jen Farb, G-E-N-F-A-R-B-E. I'm also on New Play Exchange. Ooh. Nice. Uh, yeah, so if y'all are interested in reading my plays, you can just download them. Nice. Is this play up and, there? And uh, I'm not sure if it is, but, you know, if it's not, you should just come and see it. All right. yeah. It's going to be in New York. It's going to be in Bushwick. I'll probably be posting about it on my Instagram. So, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. This was a great time talking yeah, about Jesus. And I love to talk about The Virgin Jesus. Mary. And I love Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love as long as Jesus. we're all in the same We yeah, love yeah. Jesus <laughs> here on Selling Out. We were all raised Catholic. Two-thirds of us went to Catholic school. Um, and, yeah. So and there's a really fucking bomb play about being Catholic in, in Kate Bush, all girls Catholic school in Kate Bush. Thanks, thanks, y'all. You got it. We all good here. Yeah, I think all so. Right. That's another episode. Tune in next Tuesday, where our guest will be another friend of ours. You'll find out soon. Yeah, well, stay tuned. Uh, you can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Just at look selling out podcast. Yeah, right? selling out podcast. Also, like us on Facebook. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcast and. Anchor. Anchor and, and wherever overcast. podcasts are sold except for SoundCloud and Spotify because fuck them. Not really. <laughs> we love you. Please. We love you, make Spotify. Make it easier for us to get our content on your platforms. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, thanks. All right. Let's do it. Logging off. Yeah. Mm-hmm.